Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you are joining us today. This is the Monday broadcast, and all throughout this week, I'm going to be doing a series called Pondering the Book of Proverbs. And uh, it's probably going to take us several weeks to go through, but we're going to start this week. And I want to talk to you on the subject about why do I need wisdom? You know, one of the most intelligent fugitives ever sought, said the United States Marshal Service, was a con man, and his name was Tommy Thompson. Tommy Thompson was arrested after two years on the run. They found him in a Florida hotel. Thompson was originally paid by his investors to find a historic sunken treasure ship. Well, he found it, okay, and he brought up about $50 million in gold. Now, this gold was found during the California gold rush, but in 1857, the USS Central American ship, known as the Ship of Gold, sank off the coast of South Carolina. Thompson's case was a case that was sought by many investors. He found what is known as the Ship of Gold in 1988. The gold rush era ship sank off the coast of South Carolina in 1857 with thousands of pounds of gold. Now, the amount of gold that was buried at the sea contributed to the economic impact of our country at that time. When Tommy Thompson found the sunken ship in 1988, its treasure that was found, he took off with it. And he has evaded capture for a long time by keeping a very low profile. As a matter of fact, he would ride on buses, and he would ride on taxis, and he would pay for everything with cash, so they could not be found. Tommy Thompson, held in contempt of court since over a year ago, was finally put into prison in 2015. As I think about this fugitive, this man from Ohio was finally apprehended, but he kept those who were pursuing him at bay by taking on a false identity and by using the wisdom of not using credit cards or not using debit cards and paying everything with cash. Now, you think about that. That, That's a pretty wise move. We may not like the reason that he was exercising that wisdom, but he had a lot of wisdom on how to evade the authorities. Uh, Regardless for the wrong motivation that he had, we are told in Scripture that we should get wisdom. It is the most important thing that you can get. Whatever else you get, get wisdom, says Proverbs 4, 7, and 8. Love wisdom, and she will make you great. Well, if we're supposed to get wisdom, maybe we ought to ask the question, what is it? Wisdom is seeing and responding to life from God's perspective. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. You see, we don't have to work on seeing things from our perspective. That comes naturally. Seeing things from God's perspective only comes supernaturally. Now, Elias Jones is a standout offensive lineman at Tulsa. He passed away not too long ago, and he played for the Golden Hurricanes from 1942 to 1944, and he went twice to the Sugar Bowl and once to the Orange Bowl. He was one of the best football players that I ever saw in that he absolutely worked at full speed all the time, said a former Tulsa teammate and All-American quarterback, Glenn Dobbs, that he was an unbelievable player. But what made Jones so special was not all the strength and not all the skill that he had, but what he didn't have. He didn't have a right arm. 
His arm was amputated eight inches below the shoulder after an accident that he had when he was just 11 years old. It never occurred to me, he said, that I could not keep playing football. He later told the Tulsa World, I guess I was too dumb to think I could not do it. No conventional thinking, he said, is coming across my mind. And he responded with God's perspective. If being dumb means being determined to succeed despite a handicap, we could all use a little less intelligence. So wisdom is seeing our lives and responding to life from God's perspective. You see, the way that seems right to us and the way that seems right to man may not be the way that God wants us to perceive our lot in life at all, because the way we sometimes see things can lead to death. Well, as I think about wisdom, what will wisdom do for me? We've said that it's seeing our lives from God's perspective, but what will it do for me? Well, wisdom is more valuable than precious jewels, says Proverbs 3.16, and nothing that you could want can compare to wisdom. Wisdom offers you long life, wealth, and honor. It makes your life pleasant, and it leads you to safely get through life. Those who become wise are happy. Uh, So let's look at six benefits to living your life according to God's perspective. Number one is long life. I read an insurance actuary report one time, and it said that people who join a church and people who attend every week live longer than those who don't attend. As a matter of fact, churchgoers live on an average of 6.7 years longer than the rest of the population. So as we gain wisdom, we also gain a longer life. There's something else that is a benefit to wisdom, and I find it right here in this same passage, wealth and prosperity. How would you like to have God as your financial planner? Uh, We're going to look at the foundations of financial freedom later on this series, and they're all found in the book of Proverbs. But as a result of living with wisdom, we have God as our financial planner. And that's really important right now, because I don't know about you, but as I have looked at my portfolio over the last few months, it's taken a hit, right? And my retirement has taken a hit, and so hasn't yours. Well, how can we have a wise financial planner helping us navigate through difficult financial times? Well, we've got to have God's perspective. We have got God's wisdom on the matter. There's something else that wisdom will do for us. Wisdom always will bring about honor. You see, as a wise person, you will tend to not put your foot in your mouth quite as often. And as you know, oftentimes we know the right thing to do, but sometimes we don't follow through and do the right thing. I love how Solomon put it in Proverbs chapter 8. He says, Now therefore, O my sons, listen to me, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Heed instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. And then he says this, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorpost. For he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Isn't that a good word of encouragement today? Found in Proverbs chapter 8, verses 32 to 35. You know, one day a successful businessman was getting older and and he knew that it was time to choose a successor to take over his business. Well, instead of choosing one of his directors or, or one of his children, he decided to do something different. He called all the young executives of his company together, and he said, it is time for me to step down and choose the next CEO. I have decided to choose one of you. 
The young executives were shocked, but the boss continued, I am going to give each one of you a seed today. It is one very special seed. I want you to plant that seed and I want you to water it. And I want you to come back here one year from today with what you have grown from the seed that I've given you. I will then judge the plants that you bring and the one that I will choose will be the one that has given me the best plant. One man named Jim was there for that day and he received that seed and and he went home and oh, he was so excited about it. He told his wife this story and she helped him get a pot, get some soil, get some compost and some fertilizer and they planted the seed. Every day he would water it and watch to see if it would grow. After about three weeks, some of the other executives began to talk about their seeds and and the plants that were beginning to grow. Jim just kept checking his seed, but nothing ever grew. Three weeks and then four weeks and five weeks went by, but still nothing. By now, the others were talking about their plants, but Jim didn't have a plant and he felt like a failure. Six months went by, still nothing in Jim's pot. He just knew he had killed his seed. Everyone else had trees and tall plants, but he had nothing. Jim didn't say anything to his colleagues, however. He just kept watering, kept fertilizing the soil. He so wanted that seed to grow. Well, a year finally went by, and all the young executives of the company brought their plants to the CEO for inspection. Jim told his wife that he wasn't going to take an empty pot, but he asked us to be honest about what happened. Jim felt sick to his stomach. It was going to be the most embarrassing moment of his life, but he knew his wife was right. He went to work that day with an empty pot, and he brought it into the boardroom. When Jim arrived, he was amazed at the variety of plants that grew by the other executives. They were just beautiful, all different sizes and shapes. Jim put his empty pot on the floor, and many of his colleagues began to laugh. A few even felt sorry for him. Well, when the CEO arrived, he surveyed the room and greeted his young executives. Jim just tried to hide in the back. My, what great plants and trees and flowers you have grown, said the CEO. Today, one of you is going to be appointed the next CEO. All of a sudden, the CEO spotted Jim in the back of the room with his empty pot. He ordered the financial director to bring him to the front. Jim was terrified. He thought, the CEO knows I'm a failure. Maybe he's going to fire me in front of my colleagues. When Jim got to the front, the CEO asked him what had happened to his seed. Jim told him the story. The CEO asked everyone to sit down except for Jim. He looked at Jim and then he announced to the young executives, Behold, your next chief executive officer. His name is Jim. Now, Jim couldn't believe it. Jim couldn't even grow his seed. How could he be the new CEO? The other said. Then the CEO said, You know, one year ago today, I gave every one of you in this room a seed. I told you to take that seed, to plant it, to water it, and then to bring it back to me today. But I gave you all boiled seeds. They were dead. It was not possible for them to grow. All of you except Jim. All of you here in this room today, except for Jim, had these trees and these plants and these flowers. 
When you find that that seed would not grow, you substitute it with another seed other than the one that I gave you. Jim was the only one with the courage and the honesty to bring me a pot with my seed in it. Therefore, he is the one who will be the new CEO. As I think about this story, I was reading one day a poem about wisdom and planting. If you plant honesty, you will reap trust. If you plant goodness, you will reap friends. If you plant humility, you will reap greatness. If you plant perseverance, you will reap contentment. If you plant consideration, you will reap perspective. If you plant hard work, you will reap success. If you plant forgiveness, you will reap reconciliation. So be careful. What you plant now, it will determine what you reap later. We've talked so far today on the broadcast about six benefits of wisdom. One is long life. Two is wealth and prosperity. Three is honor. And then number four, wisdom will give you peace. Isaiah 26.3 says that God will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is steadfast because you trust in Him. You see, there's a lot of wisdom in trusting God because He will put our mind at peace. I don't know about you, but my mind is running constantly, and sometimes it's in overdrive. Sometimes when I should be going to sleep at night, my mind is so keyed up and so wound up, I find it difficult to sleep. You know, just the other day, I got myself a little worked up. And uh, as you know, those who listen to this broadcast, uh, you know that I have a son that has has autism. And and sometimes he wants to go out in the middle of the night to get something to eat. And thankfully, we live near a Sonic that is open till uh, midnight. And, And so one night about 1130, he wanted to go get something to eat. It was pretty insistent, and so I said, okay, Seth, uh, let's go, and, and we'll run to Sonic real quick and get you something to eat. Well, the back of the car where he was sitting, the back of the van, I was kind of a mess, and so I took my wallet and my cell phone, and I stuck it up on the roof of my van, and I was cleaning out the mats because there was a bunch of food back there and a bunch of trash back there, and I put the mats back in place and said, okay, Seth, go ahead and get into the van. He got back into the back of the van, put his seatbelt on, I closed the sliding door, And I grabbed my wallet, and I thought I had grabbed my phone, but I had left my phone on the roof of the van. I got into the van, and I drove uh, to Sonic, and I placed my order, and uh, I passed the food back to Seth. And as we were driving back, all of a sudden, it started raining. And the strange thing is, I I heard this thud off my roof. Well, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, well, maybe, you know, a branch or something, or, or something just hit the roof in the rain. And so I continued on my journey home. And as I got home, I realized I didn't have my cell phone. So I went into the house and I asked my wife if she could search to find my cell phone. Uh, You know, you have that feature on your phone that says, find my iPhone. Well, she said she located my phone and it was out on Caratoke Highway. And I said, oh no, I'm sure by now somebody has run it over. And I told her, I says, you know, I heard this thump off the side of the van, uh, something coming off the roof. That must have been when the phone fell off my roof. So we drove out there looking around for it, and it's dark outside, and we couldn't find it. And so I said, well, the best thing to do is, I guess, go home, and then tomorrow I'll just go to uh, the cell phone store and pay that small fortune to get another phone and to go through all the hassle of transferring all my data from that old phone onto the new phone. 
Well, I was tossing and turning, and and uh, I said, man, I hate to go through the hassle of getting another phone. Uh, the phone I have now is not that old. I just got it about a month or so ago, and I remember just praying, Lord. I said, this is terrible, Lord. I know I should be stressed out about a stupid cell phone, but I have lost my peace over this matter. And something occurred to me as I'm praying about this matter. You know, I pray about big things and little things uh, because in God's economy, there's no such thing as a big thing or a little thing. Uh, If something is big enough to bug you, it's big enough to pray about it. And so I just prayed, Lord, what should I do in this situation? And it's almost like a little voice says, well, listen, get out of the bed, get your flashlight, and uh, and go to the closest location that you can pinpoint according to where your wife's phone says your iPhone is. And so I did. I pulled over to the gas station, and I parked in the little gas station, and by now, it is like 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning, which is kind of good because there's not a whole lot of traffic out there. And I got my little flashlight, and I'm walking around and says, now, Lord, would you please help me find my cell phone? You know, I wasn't out there five minutes, and I found my phone. Uh, there it was on the side of the road in the area where I heard that little thump off my roof, and, and God directed me to that cell phone. Within a matter of minutes, you know, there wasn't a scratch on my phone. Uh, and in spite of the rain, I had no water damage under my phone. I want you to know, uh, God can keep you in perfect peace if your mind is steadfast on him. When I stopped trusting myself and I started trusting him, I was at peace. He was guiding me. You know, there's another benefit to wisdom. You can live a life of security and a life of safety. Solomon says, Proverbs 28, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. Trusting in the Lord, he will allow you not only to be at peace, but he'll allow you to feel safe and secure. Well, well, there's something else that I have found about wisdom. Uh, Number six, I would say that if you're a wise person, that you are a person that is filled with happiness. You see, the more wisdom I have, the happier I will be. You say, why? What's the correlation between wisdom and happiness? Well, wisdom teaches me to make choices that are based upon what produces the most long-lasting happiness. Uh, So today in the broadcast, we've covered a whole lot of ground. We've talked about what wisdom is. Wisdom is seeing my life from God's perspective. We've talked about the six benefits of having wisdom. Now let's talk about the subject about how can I get wisdom. And now you're going to have to join me tomorrow to get the rest of this portion of the message. But how do I get wisdom? Well, number one, I get wisdom when I read and study God's Word. That's right. Reading and studying God's Word will produce wisdom. Now, remember, we're looking at the book of Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs is a book of principles that allow us to walk in wisdom. Solomon said in Proverbs 1, verse number 2, he wrote these words of Proverbs to teach his people how to live and how to act in every circumstance. In other words, God's Word is given to us so that we know how to live and how to act no matter what is coming our way. Now, in order for us to know how to live and to act, we need to know what God's Word says. Proverbs 1.3 says, they can teach you how to live intelligently. 
You know, I love the Word of God because even if you feel you don't have the most intelligence of uh, of other people, more intelligence other people, you can be a person who can live intelligently. You will get insights on life from one of two places. Either you're going to get it from the world, we would call that worldly wisdom, or you're going to get it from the Word. Now, how many of you believe everything you watch on television, or how many of you believe everything that you see on the internet? How many of you believe everything you read in the newspaper, or anything that you, everything that you hear in the radio? Well, let me ask you this question. Obviously, most of us are going to say, I don't believe everything I read in the newspaper, I don't believe everything I see on the internet, I don't even believe everything I hear in the radio. If I were to ask you, how many of you believe everything you read in the Bible? I think most of us say, I believe it all. So here's my question. Why do we spend more time listening to and reading things that we don't believe, internet, radio, and all these things are not bad things, but why do we spend more time listening and reading these things that we know are not 100% accurate and we spend so little time in the Bible? You see, it doesn't make sense. You read God's Word. This is the owner's manual to life. So when in doubt, read the instructions. It helps a lot. If you want to be wise, you've got to get into the Word. There's a second way that you can get wisdom. Not only reading and studying God's Word, but also applying it and reapplying God's Word. Proverbs 7, 1 and 2 says, Never forget what I tell you to do. Do what I say, and you will live. Be careful to follow it. So apply and reapply God's Word. Let's say you're going on an airplane trip, and and the flight happens to take you over the Arctic cap. Uh, Let's say as you're flying over the Arctic Circle, the plane crashes, but miraculously you survive. Now, right before it crashes, the stewardess passes out to everyone a small little booklet on how to survive in a snowstorm. So you're there in the Arctic Circle with yourself and a book on how to survive in the Arctic Circle. Now, you can read the book over and over and still freeze to death. You've got to do what it says. Now, why do people make foolish financial decisions? Why do people walk into marriages that are doomed from the start? Why do people start habits that they know eventually are going to kill them? Why do people put more on their schedule than they can possibly handle? Why do people buy things they don't need with money that they don't have to impress people that they don't even like? Why do people have an affair and think it won't matter? Why do people fail to prepare for death when they know it's inevitable? Why do people procrastinate accepting Christ when he offers them tremendous benefits and they know it? Why? Because we tend to lack wisdom. So take God's word, read it and study it, apply it and reapply it. There's another way that you can get wisdom. Not only studying God's word and applying it and reapplying it, but also respecting and trusting the author. Solomon put it this way in Proverbs 1 7 How does a person become wise? Uh, The first step is to trust, and then he says, revere the Lord, respect or, or reverence the Lord. 
In Proverbs 9.10, it says, the reverence and the fear of God are basic to all wisdom. You see, knowing God in every other kind of form is an understanding. As a matter of fact, as we look at how Solomon concluded his life when he concluded the book of Ecclesiastes, he looked on it and he says, everything is meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless. And then he discovered that if he was going to have joy in his life, he had to find his fulfillment in carrying out God's will for his life. Now, I'm going to invite you to join me tomorrow as we continue on this subject of how do we get wisdom in our lives. So join me tomorrow as we continue on this amazing journey of getting God's wisdom in our lives. Listen, you can walk in the fullness of God's wisdom. You don't have to walk around in darkness. God has given us His Word. His Word is a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. God is not holding out on this matter of wisdom. He wants us to embrace that wisdom that He has for us. So thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. I appreciate you. And and if I can pray for you, feel free to shoot me a text at 252-267-2365. 252-267-2365. I'd be happy to pray for you. If you want our prayer team praying for you, we'll pray. Uh, We'll get our whole team praying for you, okay? Now, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.